all have precious things that God has given to us. And even though at this holiday season, we may not get everything that we want under the Christmas tree or, or you know, people may not be as kind as you want them to be, this, that, or the other. But we can be grateful. First of all, grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it true that He is the reason for the season, it's not really our birthday. It's his birthday. It's the day that he came and we're here to celebrate him this time of year. <clears throat> and sometimes the most important thing, or not sometimes, always, the most important thing that we can give our families is ourself and our time and our love. And I know some people say, oh, that's just a cliche. It's really not a cliche because that's what touches people's hearts. Gifts that we give are awesome. It's great to have wonderful gifts under your Christmas tree, but everything that's under your tree is temporary. It's temporal. You may have had this experience even with your kids. You give them this great gift and when they're little, they open it up, throw it aside and play with the box. You know, those things don't always matter. But what matters is spending time with your family, giving of yourself. I found this as I was preparing this message and today the title of my message is Unwrapping his gifts, the gifts that Jesus has given to us. But I found this note from our son, James. Many of you know his story, uh, James's story. We had some rough years with him. He, he had some challenges and we had challenges with him. But the good news is, thank God, today he is a man of God, serving the Lord at a wonderful church in Branson. He's got a lovely wife, beautiful little daughter. So to God be the glory. So if you have any children right now that are they're not living the way you want them to live, they're not fulfilling God's plan and purpose, I want to encourage you, hold fast. There's hope. Amen? And his name is Jesus. <coughs> so anyway... I want to start by reading this little note. A couple of Christmases ago, James wrote us this. And he said, Merry Christmas, Mom and Dad. Now, I don't, I'm not going to cry, but it's, you know. <laughs> Things touch your heart deeply when you know that your kids got it. Amen? Anyway, Merry Christmas, Mom and Dad. I've gotten a lot of awesome presents from you through the years. A bike, Ninja Turtles wrestling men. Kathy Lucas, do you remember when our boys, they were buddies? They were totally into these wrestling men. I have so many pictures of James with his little wrestling guys. Anyway, etc. But looking back, the thing that blesses me the most is your faithful and unwavering love given to me every Christmas and every day. Amen. Amen. It is awesome, isn't it? So Christmas is a time of celebration. Celebrating the greatest gift ever given. Let's look over in the Word at Isaiah chapter 9. This is the greatest gift that's ever been given to us. And His name is Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. 
and his name will be called. It's on the screen, so read it with me. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Are you glad for Jesus? Unto us. A child is given. He humbled himself and he became a baby born in a lowly manger. But thank God he didn't stay a little baby. He grew up to be just like what this says. Mighty God, wonderful Lord and Savior, glorious Redeemer. But too often people see Jesus still as this little baby in a manger. There's lots of folks that they're not born again, but they'll put out a little nativity scene just because, well, you know, we want to honor baby Jesus. And my point is he is not a baby Jesus anymore. A few years ago, Liv was like, I think she was three, Olivia, our oldest granddaughter. And she'd been afraid at night a lot. So she'd get up and she'd go into her parents' bedroom and she was having real issue with, how come I have to sleep by myself and you guys get to sleep together? I'm afraid in there by myself. So they were talking to her about, you do not have to be afraid. You are not alone. Jesus is with you. So they, every time she'd come in, they'd tell her that. Well, they happened to come to our house for Thanksgiving that year and they were getting ready to leave and I was like, oh wait, before you leave, live, help Grammy put out the nativity scene. So we get out, I have this pretty big nativity scene and we're putting it out and I'm going through all of the characters, you know, the shepherd, the wise men, and Mary and Joseph and all of the animals. And she's like, why were there animals? Well, because Jesus was born in a manger. And then we get to baby Jesus. She's holding little baby Jesus. Now put baby Jesus in the manger. She kept looking at me and she kept saying, baby Jesus? Jesus is a baby? I'm like, yes, Jesus was born a baby for us. And so, you know, they were in a hurry to leave and that's as far as it went. Well, a couple of nights later, John calls me and he's like, "Uh, thanks a lot, mom. I'm like, what? He said, well, the other night, Liv came into the bedroom and she was afraid again. And we're like, Liv, remember, we told you, you don't have to be afraid because Jesus is with you. And her response was, yeah, but what good is that? Grammy said he's a baby now. (laughs) Aren't you glad he's not a baby? anymore. And I'm like, sorry, John, but y'all were in a hurry. I didn't have time to give her the whole salvation plan. We were just, you know, talking about baby Jesus, but he grew up and he has given us wonderful gifts. And today we don't have time to go into all of them, but we're going to unwrap three very important gifts. We'll just highlight them today. The first one, the greatest gift ever given is eternal life. The scripture we read in Isaiah chapter 9 said he's everlasting. The everlasting father. There is no end to Jesus' love. There's no beginning and there's no end to our father. He is the alpha and he is the omega. The beginning and the end. And this wonderful scripture that we all could quote tells us the first gift that we want to look at today is eternal life. 
John 3, 16. How many of you know that very famous scripture? Let's say it together. It's on the screen there if you want to read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that wonderful? Just stop and think about it. God loved us so much that he gave his heaven's very best. He gave his very best. And Jesus loved us so much in return that he came. The gift of salvation is the greatest gift you'll ever receive. And I trust everyone in here today has received that free that precious gift of eternal life, living with Jesus forever and ever and having Him live on the inside of us. If you haven't, of course, we'll give you that opportunity today before we leave today. In this wonderful free gift of salvation, of eternal life, it's not dependent upon our works. Everybody should say, thank God not dependent upon our merits. It's not dependent upon our social status. It's not dependent on your family pedigree. It's dependent upon grace. Grace, grace, grace. For by grace are ye saved through Him, not of works, lest any man should boast. If it was up to our good works, can you imagine all of the pride and all the boasting that would be going on? Well, I know that I'm going to make it to heaven. I know Jesus loves me. You ought to see what I did this week. You ought to see all the people I helped this week. No, it's His mercy and it's His grace that all of us are born again and we're on our way to heaven. Shouting the victory. And it is the free gift. It's a free gift. How many of you like free gifts? I tell you, I like free gifts. The other day I was out, I got shopping. Y'all like my little outfit? You like my little jacket here? (laughs) Pastor wasn't sure. He said my pants were hippie pants. But anyway, I never was a hippie, so I can, they're sanctified now. Anyhow. I think it brought back bad memories for him or something. All those b- ugly bell bottoms he wore. But anyway. So I was out shopping. <laughs> and I bought this little jacket at this certain store. And I was started to leave. And this lady said, oh, wait. There's a free gift for you today. I had points or something. And I turned around and I'm like, free? And it was a real pretty little necklace. And I got excited. I like free gifts. How about you? Well, salvation is free. We didn't have to earn it. All we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and we shall be saved. And when we receive this free gift, it's life. It's God's life at work on the inside of us. Jesus came to give us abundant life. Aren't you thankful for that? If you want to hear a little bit more about abundance, go and and download or watch last Sunday night. It talked about the abundant life. That's what he came 
to give us. But let's just take a peek at John 10, 10 in the Amplified, just to give you a, a little hint of this wonderful life that's at work on the inside of every believer. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said this, I came that they may have and enjoy life. Everybody say enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full till it does what? Overflows. This word life there, the Greek word for it is zoe. And it literally means life as God has it. The God kind of life. This passage of scripture clearly points out what the enemy has wants to do. He, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But our Lord Jesus said, I came to give you life. Life abundantly. Life that you can enjoy. Aren't you glad he didn't say, I came to give you a redundant life? Dull and boring. No spizzerinkum, if that is a word. Just no happiness. No, he said, I came to give you a life that's full of enjoyment. Hallelujah. Are you enjoying your salvation today? Are you enjoying being a Christian? Are you enjoying your family? That's what Jesus came to do. I know that things are going on in the world. I know that there's pressure that comes against all of us. But if we'll tap into the life of God, even in the midst of it, you can still enjoy it. Enjoy life. Not enjoy the pressure, but enjoy Him. Hallelujah. Amen. And then the second gift that we want to talk about, that we want to unwrap today, is peace. Can anybody use any peace? We just read it in Isaiah chapter 9. That's one of his names. Mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's what he is. That's who he is. And once Jesus came and he was walking here upon this earth and he's getting ready to leave, he tells his disciples something over in John chapter 14, verse 27 in the Amplified. He says, peace, I leave with you my own peace I give and bequeath to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And then this is really important. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And I like this little phrase here in the Amplified. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. It's our choice. He said, you have been given, I'm giving it to you, my peace. And it's not the peace that you're going to find out there in the world. It's not the peace that you're going to find in relationships. It's that peace that comes from me being the prince of peace and living on the inside of you. And then he said, you've got it, it's there, but this is your choice. You need to stop allowing yourself To be agitated. If I were to ask for a show of hands. 
Has anybody been tempted to be agitated this week? You don't have to. Oh, some of you are raising both hands. I get it. Absolutely. Maybe agitated with the salesperson at the mall or the clerk at the grocery store. Or this is the worst. Agitated with your family. You're like, seriously? Nobody's going to help me. You're not going to help me decorate the tree. You're not going to help me make the cookies. You'll be right here when they're done. I know that's for sure. Getting agitated with people that are close to us. But you know what he's saying? You have a decision. Stop allowing those things. To one way that you're going to stay in peace this holiday season is not to set unrealistic expectations. You know, I like the Hallmark Channel. And Pastor, he just is like, seriously, you're going to watch another Hallmark movie? (laughs) I said, I like happy endings. And I'm going to tell off on him. He said this to me this week, and he said it to Jane. I would love it if just once they had a sad, bad ending. (laughs) And the guy didn't get the girl, and they didn't live happily ever after. No, we want happy endings. <laughs> but they are just movies. They are not real life. And in real life, there isn't always a happy ending. And there isn't always the perfect Christmas tree and everybody holding hands and the, in the fake snow and singing, you know. That doesn't always happen that way. But if we watch all this stuff or we start looking at other people's lives and we can get these unrealistic expectations. Well, what's wrong with my family? They don't sing Christmas carols around the Christmas tree. They're not all lovey-dovey. You know what? Things are not going to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect at your house. Your holiday is not going to be perfect. Let me just put that out there. The cookies could be burnt. The turkey might be dry. You might not get the gifts that you love. Or your family may not love the gifts that you give. I've had that happen when our boys were teenagers. I just was like... Oh, seriously, I'd buy them like clothes or something and they'd hold it up and start laughing hysterically. You really, really, mom? So I started giving them gift cards instead of getting offended. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be perfect. I remember one year, this is the day the Christmas tree crashed. Now in our family... For years, I would always go to the Christmas tree lot and I would be real sweet and nice and every year almost buy a new stand just so they'd put it on there for me. Will you please just put it on there? Because we had trouble with that at our house. But this one year, they were doing a fundraiser at the kids' school and so, you know, I wanted to be loyal to their school. So I went and bought a big old tree over there and said, can you put the, you know, the stand on there? Well, they weren't doing that. So we went home. We all of us tried to get that tree in there. We finally got it in there, leaning a little bit this direction. I knew it wasn't straight. And James wasn't very old, and he always was the one that helped a lot decorating the tree. So he was putting all the heavy ornaments at his eye level right in the front. So anyhow, we'll go to bed, and I don't know, it's about midnight or so. This awful crash. The Christmas tree fell under the power. And a lot... A lot of the ornaments... 
were broken and destroyed. I was like, oh man, that's not good. But you know what? Instead of it ruining our Christmas, it was a choice. And now we laugh about it. The year the tree fell. That was the most memorable Christmas tree we ever had. I think I finally had to get some twine, wrap around it, and nail it to the wall to keep that thing to stand up. Wasn't real pretty, but you know, it was ours. Anyhow, so peace is a choice. And we can stay in peace regardless of what happens around us. Another good scripture along this line is Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 in the Amplified. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, let it rule, act as umpire, continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state. To which, as members of Christ, one body, you were also called to live. And then this last phrase. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. We already read in John chapter 14, he said, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated. That's That's our choice. We're the understood subject. And this one gets even plainer. Now he says, you are the one that needs to let peace rule and reign in your heart. And then it goes on. And, you know, we realize this. You've all know. Some of you raised both hands when I said if you were tempted to be agitated this week. So I know that some of you faced some setups. There's going to be setups. There are going to be people that know exactly how to push your button. And we don't give the devil glory, but you know, he, he, he observes us and he knows what ticks you off. He knows what gets you out of the love walk. He knows what disturbs your peace. So he's going to make sure there's some little setups along the way, just trying to get you out of the peace of God. And one of the big things that really tries to take our peace Our thoughts, thoughts come to disturb us. The battle for peace to stay, stay in peace is really fought in our mind. That's why the scripture just said, decide and settle with all finality, all questions that come to your mind. Have you ever had something happen in your life and you didn't understand it? Something happened to one of your relatives. You didn't understand it. Why are they going through this? You know, why is this happening? Why did we lose? You know, why did I lose my job? Why are the kids doing this? If you go down that trail of questions, 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 you're not going to have any peace. You're going to be awake at night worrying and being oh fretting about this situation. But I like how it said, decide and settle with all finality, all questions that arise in your mind. We don't have to understand everything. Guess what? We'll never understand 
everything. I've had things happen in my life that I wish never happened. And I would like, you know, I was tempted to get in wondering and questioning when both of my parents, good godly people died at young age. My mom was only 51. My dad was 61. That's young, really way young now because I'm past both of those ages. And you could, you could just allow yourself to go down that trail Why, 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 why? Why never produces peace? And I just decided a long time ago when things happen that I don't understand, I'm not going to say why. I'm just going to look up to who. Lord, I don't understand this, but I know you love me. I know you're faithful. I know you're good. Hallelujah. I know they're with you. If it has to do with the loved one dying young, then just settle down upon that. Don't question anything else. Lord, I wish they could have been here longer here upon the earth. But Lord, I know they can't come to me, but I'm going to them. I'm going to keep my eyes upon you. I'm going to rejoice anyway. Hallelujah. And I'm going to know that it's not just about this life. I got rest of eternity, which is forever and ever and ever to be with them. Settle it in your mind. Don't let those questions arise and keep you in despair. And then he says here, let peace act as an umpire. You ever been to a baseball game? Ever watched a baseball game? I've been to a few. I don't pay much attention. I just go there to eat. But nonetheless, I do know when the umpire goes, that means they're out. Isn't that right? Is that what he does? You're out of here, right? And I know that means safe, right? Pay a little bit of attention. So anyhow... In between the nachos and the hot dogs, I've learned that. (laughs) Out. And this says, let peace act as an umpire. So what does that mean? If a thought comes and it's bringing you fear and it's bringing you worry and it's causing you to be upset, you ought to go, out of here, out of here. Let's practice. Do this. Out of here. You're out. That's right. Thought, you're out of here. That lines up with the Bible in Corinthians. It says, casting down every imagination and high thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought. So you are in charge. Say, out of here. Say it again. Out of here. Those thoughts are not going to be allowed. And then the last phrase, look at this again. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Being thankful and appreciative is a key to staying in peace. It's really easy to start comparing what we have or don't have. With what somebody else has. And if you start looking at your life. And you start looking at somebody else's life. Oh I wished I had their life. I wished I had their car. I wished I had their house. And look at their husband. He seems so nice. You don't live with them. You don't know. But sometimes. I'm not referring to anybody on the front row. He is awesome. But he's also mine. So don't even. Don't even go there. 
Anyhow. But it's easy to look at what somebody else has and go down this track. And you know where you end up? Unthankful, ungrateful, disappointed, discouraged, depressed, undone. But it's like that video we saw in the beginning. That guy waking up and realizing, ah, I'm alive. What? I have a beautiful wife. What? I got kids. I got a car. I got a briefcase. That means I have a job. Just stop for a moment and say, my life might not be like theirs, but I am who God made me to be. And I'm going to enjoy the path that he put me on. And I'm going to be at peace with it. And I'm going to be thankful and grateful for what he's done in my life. Amen. And then this is a great verse in Isaiah 26, 3. Y'all still okay? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because why he trusts in you. That word there, those two words, perfect peace, literally mean peace, peace. Shalom, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, broken, receiving and staying in peace, peace, peace. Shalom implies health, happiness, well-being, all that we need. And that's what he said he'll give to those who trust in him and will keep their mind stayed upon him. Peace. What a precious gift. And then in the next few moments that we have together, the third gift we're going to talk about today of unwrapping is joy. Joy. Hallelujah. We're going to read Christmas story here from Luke chapter 2, at least a portion of it. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you what? Say it with me. Good tidings. Read the rest of great joy, which will be to all people. Good tidings of great joy. That's the message of Christmas. He came to give us good news. Aren't you thankful that the Bible is not bad news? It's called good news. The gospel. It's good news. And it's for all people. Jesus, the Savior for all mankind, for all time. I love the word. Just let, listen to a few of these of the old, old Christmas carol. Joy to the world. I just found out this week that it was written by Isaac Watts in 1719. That's a few years ago. But it still rings true today. Just the first little refrain of it. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. 
and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and on and on. But this says, joy to the world. Jesus died for the world. Jesus died for the lost. Jesus died for the people driving right by us now on Hesperian Boulevard. He didn't die for the righteous. We couldn't be righteous in ourselves. He died for the world. And this said, let earth, that means every nation, every kindred, every tribe, all across this whole world, this whole earth can receive the good news. Joy to the world. I give you good tidings of great news. It's good news to tell somebody that they can spend eternity with Jesus. It's good news to tell someone you can be born again today and you can have Jesus on the inside of you. It's good news to say he's the hope of the world. I know you're in a hopeless situation, but Jesus will give you hope. It's good news to tell someone. I know you've got sickness and disease in your body, but Jesus will heal you. Just let me pray for you. Good news is what we need to be sharing this Christmas season. Amen. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Jesus knocks at the door of every single heart. I believe it with everything in me that he wants his family. He wants everybody on earth. You know, he's not willing that any should perish. Not everybody's going to receive him. But his attitude is, there's room. I'm going to knock on every single heart. And when he knocks on that heart, we have the choice. The handle to the door is on the inside. We got to open the door. We got to open the heart. We got to make room for him. Hallelujah. And receive him as our Lord and as our Savior. The kingdom of God that you and I live in and are a part of. The Bible says over in Romans 14, 17, that this kingdom of God that we as believers are a part of, it's not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Don't forget to unwrap the gift of joy. Joy unspeakable. And full of glory. If you want to stay in peace. You want to enjoy the abundant life. You want to have that joy. Operating in your life. And flowing through you this Christmas season. I want to encourage you to spend time with him. Spend time in his presence. Don't get so caught up about the presence. Under the tree. But get more enraptured in his presence. Psalm 1611 says, in his presence, what is there? Fullness of joy. And I know that the busyness of the season, I know the things that come against us, just life in general, it can cause us to lose our joy. And that's why I love what the psalmist David said over in Psalms 15, uh, Psalms 51, 12. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. 
And then the rest of that says, and uphold me by your generous spirit. He's saying, Lord, I need my joy restored. And you know, there's one way that will help your joy be restored. And that's getting your mind off of yourself. He said, uphold me by your generous spirit. We already covered it, that Jesus is the most generous of all. God gave his only begotten son. Jesus came. That's being generous. And when we get born again, we've got that same spirit on the inside of us. And it helps so much to keep your joy stirred up by being a blessing. Find somebody that needs just to be loved on, that needs an encouraging word. Find somebody that needs help in their life. Give a gift for Christmas for others. Bake somebody cookies. Just don't burn them. You know what I mean? But just find a way to be a blessing to someone else. And you will be amazed at the joy that will be stirred up in your life. I want to close by telling you this story about my parents. I mentioned, you know, they both died young, but you know, even in dying young, they branded and they impacted all five of us kids with what it means to serve Jesus and to be generous. Uh, it is forever branded in my thinking at Christmas time around this time of the year. We had 160 acres. We had a lot of trees on it. And my dad, taking his chainsaw, and many times I'd, I, was a, I was a tomboy when I was a kid, and I liked hanging out with my dad, following him out into the woods, getting that chainsaw, cutting down trees, chopping up those wood, those, that tree into little pieces, loading up his pickup truck. And I'd be saying, Daddy, what are we going to do with all this wood? Honey, we're going to go give it to so-and-so. We're going to take it over to this widow. Her husband died last year, you know. Or we're going to go over here and take it here and take it there. Then we go back to the house. And while we were out cutting wood, my mom was in her kitchen making cookies and fudge, wrapping them up real pretty. And she'd say, okay, take this with you. And I, I'm still, it's, it's in me. It's branded in me of going with him and watching him unload this wood for this little widow woman. Giving them the cookies and the fudge. Talk about joy. Joy and delight on their faces. My parents didn't have any extra money. They had five kids. We lived on a farm. But they were always looking for ways to be a blessing. To be generous. And I really believe that because of that generous spirit that emulated from them. There was never any lack of joy and laughter in our house. The generous spirit. There's joy. The joy of generosity. So I want to encourage you this Christmas season. Find ways to be a blessing. Give of your time. Give of your love. Give of your substance. Yes, and bring your best offering. And you will truly discover the true joy of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, everybody, let's, let's stand now. We're done. But, you know, I know this time of year, can, it can be difficult for many people. 
Both of my parents have been in heaven for many, many years, but I still miss them. And perhaps this year, you, you, there's an empty chair at your table. You're, miss, you're missing a loved one. And it's difficult. You're feeling lonely. Or maybe there's been a broken or strained relationship this year. And you know that relative's not going to be coming to your house for Christmas. Or perhaps you've received notice on your job. I don't know why people do this, but companies are often very heartless. And they tell people in December that, you know, we're, we're dissolving your position. We're closing the company. Maybe you've got some sort of bad financial news yeah. like that. Like that. Yeah. But today, <laughs> I believe. Did you get anything out of this? Today, I believe. Regardless of the loneliness, regardless of the despair or whatever you may be facing this Christmas season, that you're going to be able to unwrap that peace. Peace and comfort that comes from knowing Him. And that the joy of Jesus, the true joy of your salvation, like the psalmist David said, shall be restored in the name of Jesus. So Father, right now, I pray over every one of my precious friends that are here today. And Lord, I thank you that the word that you gave me today, I just believe it because it's your word. It does not return void. And it has truly spoken to hearts today. And help all of us this Christmas season to be reminded of the precious gifts that we do have. First of all, we have you. And we're so thankful for eternal life. We're thankful that we have the Prince of Peace. We're thankful that we have the joy of our salvation. Let us remember those things, Lord. And right now, before we go, let everyone just go ahead and bow your heads. And I do want to ask.